Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I am Coach Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here to talk with you and to each other and really (laughs) just to the world about Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 8, which is called We'll Never Have Paris. (laughs) I believe that is a play on Casablanca, where all I have Paris. Is that correct? Is that the quote? Am I touching something? Oh, I have no idea where this comes from. Casablanca doesn't sound right. Okay, well, I'm sure you'll cut audio from something and plug it in here just to prove me wrong. Uh, That seemed to be a real hit with the world. Our audience of millions loves to watch Julian be wrong, so that's fine. I'm just trying to run a podcast here, Tom. It's nice to bring you on as a guest and have you run all over me with your truth. <laughs> you know what? I'll just get to it now. My truth is my truth. You know, I can determine mm-hmm. whatever it is at any time. And I say we'll never have Paris is based on a line that was in Casablanca. Mm. Thank you very much. I always thought it was from Finding Nemo, but I could be wrong. Oh, that's most certainly wrong because <laughs> they are in Australia. So I gotcha. Release the gotcha girls, because I got Tom. (laughs) All right, let's not waste any time. This is a very important episode. We have a lot to say about it as two married men. uh, Any episode that is a PSA on nude photos being sent, uh, I feel like this is a corner that we can explain, talk about a lot, and really expand on. And people want to hear our opinions, Tom. I can feel it. I can feel the Mm -hmm. energy in the universe that they want to hear us talk about this. Mm -hmm. So let's avoid it at all costs and just start talking about this episode. I typically ask you your temperature, uh, not your real temperature, but your TV viewing temperature. Mm -hmm. Where were you at on this episode, Tom? It was cold, man. This was not a fun episode to watch if i'm being honest like we've talked about it before the length of these episodes i think does the show a disservice i think if they're much tighter 30 to 35 minutes it pushes the plot along it's more fun there's more comedy in it the storylines we get here are like these weird kind of old social justice style storylines with what we see with keely and i think it's all fair and it's valid and they're interesting things maybe to talk about but the way it just gets jammed into the show for the sake of filling time is just unnecessary. And I think you had mentioned it, this whole relationship with Keely and Jack is just seemingly a means to an end. And it was just dragged. It wasn't nearly as fun as we've had with previous episodes. And I was honestly bummed. Okay, okay. I think those are all fair points. They're all wrong. I love this episode. <laughs> this is my okay. favorite episode. And these are subjects I love talking about. Nude photos being hacked and shared is, I've long been, actually, I can't run that joke. I was going to say long (laughs) been a proponent, but um, I think I get thrown in jail then. (laughs) So um, that was a joke for those of you at home. We sometimes, uh, there's a little bit of comedy in this podcast. You got to search for it. You got to look long and hard for it. But um, much like those leaked photos, you can find it if you look for it. Anyways. I'm with you, Tom. There was, we'll talk about it, but there's the locker room scene in the middle of this episode. And I was like, what am I watching? Did I stumble upon an after school special? Like, what (laughs) what is being 
Anyway, and I also am starting to wonder, I love the show, I love the positivity, I love character growth and people being like good people, but I'm starting to wonder if anyone who writes for this show ever stepped foot in a locker room full of dudes, (laughs) um, because there's some questionable judgment that happens in a locker room full of dudes. But um, let's, let's run through it. I know you've t- you're tired and you already took your three sleeping pills. So let's uh, <laughs> let's run through it. All right, we start off with what we want to see. The team is winning. Total football's mm-hmm. working. The mm-hmm. announcers. I love when the announcers carry like the storyline. Unfortunately, they have to do the heavy lifting about the team in the beginning of this episode. But it's mm-hmm. Jamie's playing well, scoring goals. You know, a lot of excitement out of Richmond. Which leads to, I bet Coach Lasso is ecstatic. And then we get sad Ted. And mm-hmm. this is sad Ted, not just like rumpled Ted. His hair is fine, but he <laughs> is sad. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, he's sad because of the fact that Dr. Jacob or Jake and Rebecca are here in Richmond. So Yeah, we're going to refer to him as Jake from State Farm. That's what we're okay. going to refer to him as during this episode. That's his official Dr. Title. Jake from State Farm or just Doc- Jake from State Farm? Dr. Jacob from State Farm, I think, okay. really rounds that joke out to make sense. <laughs> yes, he's sad because he's sitting across. He There's only one pub. No, there's three restaurants in this entire uh, city. There's the Taste of Athens. The patio date uh, restaurant that mm-hmm. multiple couples have gone to and the pub. So they're at the pub. Uh, he, I mean, Ted is way too good for any of these people. I don't know <laughs> that I could sit across the table this soon with my couples therapist who's now dating my ex-wife uh, and trying to give my kid quarters. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, once again, we are discovering I am not lasso level anything. I'm Julian <laughs> level 10 and Julian <laughs> level 10 is just angry and bitter. Uh, what happens here though he pulls in the in the process of getting quarters for henry who's there and i guess the point Mm -hmm. is they're bringing henry out henry's going to stay with ted they're going to go to paris um Mm -hmm. but in the process of pulling out some quarters there's magnets from the whiteboard which we recognize Mm -hmm. and then a green matchbook which has significance and I'm wondering if we're going to get, I mean, clearly pulling at this old Ted Becca thread of, you know, Rebecca pulling out the green matchbook. She thought it was a sign for her, but maybe all of these signs and things we've got from her psychic experience are going to kind of come true for Ted. Like he's going to see the matchbook. He's going to fall into water and flip upside down. I mean, I don't know what else they're going to do with it. I mean, the magnets were kind of goofy. I'm wondering if those have significance as well. I think there's... I saw a screenshot online where it's Rebecca and Ted both sitting in the locker room and they're both sitting behind one of like the Richmond lockers and like one's red and one's blue. So maybe that is her and Ted. I don't know. But then this episode at the end, which we'll get to, but kind of plays on the whole, maybe he's going to get back with Michelle angle. Like, I don't know what we're trying to, or what they're trying to play at with this, but clearly nodding to the audience with the Ted Becca bit. Sure. I think I'm on record. I'm not rooting for Ted Becca. I am mm-hmm. also on record that magic isn't real and that psychics <laughs> aren't real. So I don't believe any of this stuff's going to happen. I'm a little bit worried about everyone in this show smoking because they're all carrying around matchbooks, <laughs> which uh, we've discussed before. Matchbooks stay in the bathroom on the tank above the toilet for <laughs> special reasons. 
and mm-hmm. those shall not be discussed here. Mm-hmm. That that corner, much like Julian's, what was it, gun <laughs> corner, off limits. <laughs> Toilet matches and gun corner, off limits. Uh, I just have a note here that says Jake is the worst. He must have mm-hmm. done something in this scene where I was just like, uh, Dr. Jacob of State Farm is the worst. Maybe it's the invite to Paris or at least the surprise trip. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And once again, Ted is way too gracious to these chumps. We go from those chumps to Keely and Jack, the other chumps that are in bed, and Jack invites Keely very kindly to a polo match where I guess her uncle Gary or whatever his name is who owns Louis Vuitton is going to be there. They seem very excited. This can only go wrong is what I thought because (laughs) I've been to one polo match in my life and it did not go well. So I just assume even though magic isn't real and neither are psychics, all polo matches lead to evil things. That's my stance. I like how Keely thinks that she's going to be riding on a horse as opposed to just sitting there with a bunch of rich people enjoying the horses and I don't know, like fixing their divots a la Pretty Woman because later on Keely puts on the dress that is straight Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I did see two side-by-side photographs. I thought it was a stretch. One is, I don't remember that actress's name, and one is Keely Jones. So they're not the same, (laughs) but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Julia Roberts, that's the name I was looking for. Uh, Mm -hmm. Why don't you cut that in so I don't look like an idiot (laughs) rather than cutting stuff in that makes me look like an idiot, Tom? (laughs) Do some good for me. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> whew, I'm sorry, Tom. I'm coming at you hard tonight. Julian level 10 right there. <laughs> Julian level 10. Tom, I've told you this and I'll tell you it again. There's no one I'd rather be stuck under a couch hiding during an escape room than you, my man. So, mm. all right. We go from there. Those chumps are in bed to a third set of chumps in bed, which is <laughs> Nate and Jade. All I can say is everyone got married very quickly. They're all mm. in the marital bed seemingly doing marital things <laughs> i don't really understand but i guess um jake from state farm is going to propose in paris that relationship doesn't seem that old so what i'm finding mm. in the lasso universe is people get married very quickly and they find themselves um in bed i'm assuming trying to conceive a son in order to carry on their family name is that still how it's done i don't know i don't think so anyways i've had a lot of caffeine and by that, I mean code word for vodka. Um, <laughs> Nate's putting in the effort here. Like, he mm-hmm. woke up early. He brushed his teeth. He did all these things. Like, <sighs> I don't know, Tom. I think I'm coming around on Nate. Yeah, I mean, he's it's weird. Like, he, he woke up early. I think we find out he showered. He shaved. He brushed his teeth. He did everything and just got back into bed to pretend like he was still there. Uh, it's a funny little dynamic back and forth between them, but I mean, all this Nate, Jaden stuff, again, it's it's fine, and I'm glad Nate is, you know, finding a love and is finding something else to, like, live for as opposed to football and seemingly just hating Lasso. Right. Uh, but, I mean, again, all this, this part of the storyline, it's quick, it's happening very fast, and it's likely just giving us as an audience a little bit of peace to like Nate again after right. all the, you know, vitriol that he's put us through. Right. Yeah, and I like Happy Nate, and I like Jade. Um, and despite the fact that they got married, she's refusing to use labels on their relationship. So <laughs> yes. I find that confusing. This whole thing about him waking up and doing all this stuff so he looks his best when she wakes up reminds me of, I 
going to get the show name wrong, but like the fabulous Mrs. Mabel or whatever it is, the Mm. marvelous Mrs. Mabel. There's a scene there where she has this whole routine where she puts on like a sleep mask and I don't know, we'll say cucumbers and all this stuff, but then (laughs) wakes up in order to take it all off before her husband wakes up. Um, Mm. And I found that very, very similar to Nate. Um, but a little role reversal, if that makes any sense. You haven't seen that show, have you? I'm realizing you're not chiming in at all, so you don't even know what show I'm talking about. I, I know the show. I've heard it's fantastic. I just haven't gotten around to it. Have you watched it all or just a couple? I just watched that one scene. <laughs> That's, That's all I've YouTube seen. YouTube video? No, I turned. I, I logged in on a TV <laughs> I've never logged in before. I logged into Amazon Prime. I did the little code thing where it sends it to your phone. I picked my profile. I went and found the show. I fast forwarded all the way to that scene. I didn't even like, I did the slow fast forward. I found it. I watched that scene and then I turned it off, logged out. And that's, that's all I've seen of that show. (laughs) Okay. I don't even know how I found that scene, Tom. Would you recommend it? That scene? Yes. It's quite funny. (laughs) Uh, Here's the crux of the episode, which uh, I don't know where we got this from was there a was there a writer strike and this was like this storyline was shelved and then it appeared we're with keely and jack and keely finds out that a personal video of hers of a sexual nature Mm. uh, was leaked and then jack explains it's not just yours there's a massive leak and jack's like i'm gonna take care of it Mm -hmm. um and since this is jack ryan uh, of the Tom Clancy <laughs> series, we know that she is going to take care of it if it's the last thing those terrorists do. Yeah, and you figure she's going to use her, I don't know, super rich powers to somehow make it go away, but of course she can't. It's the internet, which I think she mentions later. But I'm with you, man. This is all just so jarring, and the storyline seems like it's ripped out of like the 2010s when, I mean, this happened. This was a, be, a big thing where a lot of celebrities got their like leaked photos and, and personal content you know, put on the internet but this whole idea that like nowadays like you would have to apologize for this and say you regret taking these videos and i mean i don't know i guess we'll get to it when jack and gilly have these fights but it's just it's ugh, i just i was dumb i didn't like it and i didn't like when we get to the locker room and you get all these footballers men's opinions about all of this where all of it was just so forced and silly and yeah, I just, I mean, th- this just completely took me out of the entire episode. And yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. Okay, okay. I hear you. You loved it. It was your favorite part of the show. <laughs> I am a good listener. The best listener, they say. <laughs> the one thing I was listening, and you were talking a long time, so really all I was trying to do is think of jokes. You said super rich powers. You know, whenever someone's like, hey, if you could only pick one power, like fly or be invisible or like mm-hmm. whatever. I, Tom, I'm on record. I have always said I want super rich power um, because then you can buy all the other powers. Um, That's what's so special about that. So I think we're aligned. We both love this episode and the storyline. Let's go to the locker room. This was, Mm -hmm. hey, there was some comedy in this episode, and this happened to be one of the comedies. Uh, Will is exploiting Henry for child labor while Roy, Beard, and Lasso all watch. No, maybe, no, it's uh, Trent Grimm. They're all watching, and Roy makes this comment like, 
is this a game or child labor? And they just uh, like in unison turn away. It was great. Henry was having a blast and I love to watch Will exploit someone. It's wonderful. Oh, what was great? Like he just sits back in his like chair and is just lounging, drinking his green smoothie or whatever, and just in love and life. It was great. Like making a game out of everything that he's doing. Uh, I love right. this scene. It was great. Right. He's Will's going to be an excellent parent. This is something you do with your kids when you need them to do something. You turn it into a <laughs> silly game. Yes. Um, and you're like, no, you got to fold the shirt down the center. Otherwise, the family pet may die. You do those sorts of games in order to get him to get him to do work. Anyways, I listen, Tom, every every shirt I fold is incredible because that's a game my stepdad and I used to play. And that's why you always leave a note. That's why you always leave a note. Oh man. I just wanna you know, let's just go watch that. Anyways. I listen, I love lasso. I love lasso. I love lasso. All right. Ted is oh the coaches are in the office uh, ted leaving his son to be exploited is now really worked up about this whole trip to paris mm-hmm. uh, he's asking for the diamond dogs advice and is this the first time we see we see trent has kind of been in the adjacent office but we haven't mm-hmm. seen an official calling of the diamond dogs until now and trent this is his first meeting correct they introduce him to the diamond dogs Mm -hmm. he's officially been like woofed in woofed in yeah woof there it is Uh, (laughs) as the song by the baja men goes (laughs) roy is in the other room (laughs) and i love that he can hear everything and just the constant shouting i mean when when i think they're discussing the diamond dogs roy yelling in the other room is like it's a living effing nightmare it's so good (laughs) And he is a diamond dog. Like, he just refuses he to be oh, in yes. the room where it happens, right? Like, he's listening. He's paying attention. He nods. He's providing, he is, yes. He is a diamond dog. Yes. Even though Beard goes, Roy decided to reject the diamond dog. So he mm-hmm. says something very dramatic that I was like, I don't know, Beard. He's kind of in, in, the, in the pack, as yeah. we like to say. Speaking of someone running into the pack, Higgins uh, has to run, I guess, one flight of stairs downhill, and this wins him, uh, which is not a comment on his cardio, just the mm-hmm. fact that gravity did most of the work, but that's fine. Uh, we discover, and I did think he jumped to this conclusion rather quickly, uh, mm-hmm. that they are going, that uh, Dr. Jacob of State Farm is going to propose. They try to call him, calm him down. They're like giving mm-hmm. him some some friendly advice about, hey, do you know this is happening? Um, and there was something said here by Trent that was supposed to be profound, but I'd really like to dice it up a little bit. He <laughs> says, "You can't worry about something that hasn't happened yet." And they like it comes off. Uh, Trent Krim, lovely human, comes off mm-hmm. very profound. I started to think about it, and I was like. I would argue the only things you can worry about are things that haven't happened by definition. (laughs) Because if they're happening and you're worrying about them, that's just like, I don't know, reacting to the situation. That's not worry. Like, no, that's like worry realized. I I, Mm -hmm. I didn't... uh, Worry by definition means something you're scared of that might happen. Like, anyways. uh, Yeah, it was a bit... I got a little bit wrapped up in this, but I love to see the I love to see the Diamond Dogs back. This was Mm -hmm. this was lovely. 
because it was the, fun. Yeah, I, I like I like the ending bit where like everybody's like what they're signing off and they're doing their barks and then Trent just doesn't know what to do and it pans on him and it just gets the one woof woof. <laughs> that was good. Yep, it was lovely, <laughs> and they do a great bit of writing here where they juxtaposition this against <laughs> West Ham where. <laughs> Nate is trying out his own diamond dog. And I think the funny thing that I don't feel like the show, like, uh, I don't know. Maybe the audience is smart enough, but it's like, hey, the diamond dogs work because they trust each other and they care about each other. Just mm-hmm. bringing a group of guys that you've been mean to and like are forced to work for you and trying to get personal, like, you have to earn that trust in mm-hmm. order to have the diamond dogs work. Where Nate is just like, hey, if I bring these four people, and Rupert tries to get Rupert to join, which that is was the, so weird. the craziest when, thing in the world. Does yeah, Nate not were... understand his <laughs> dynamic with Rupert at all? Is Nate I, is Nate like this oblivious? I don't think he is. I think he understands human relationships. He's not a robot. Yeah, I kept waiting. Like when he was waiting on the fourth person to come in, I'm like, who else do we have at West Ham that would make any sense? Like clearly you have the Higgins replacement in Roger. You have the Beard replacement in Disco. And I'm like, okay, we haven't met any other assistant coach. I'm like, Rupert makes no sense before he even mentioned the idea of Rupert not coming. Uh, It was, again, it was, it seemed dumb. Nate seems like he's a little bit smarter than this to think that Rupert would have any sort of care of this conversation. Right, but oh man, now that I think about it, if Rupert had shown up and just had to listen to this, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Rupert would have been so snarky and so mean uh, and been like, what happened to the model I purchased you that you were dating for a little while? Uh, I feel like and I don't mean been... the model car. <laughs> it might have been better for the storyline had he been in there. Like it gives then Nate some sort of like means to start hating Rupert because... We, and we'll get to it in a bit. Like he has a means to like kind of tell Rupert off or whatever, and and he still decides to, you know, agree with Rupert and stay on the dark side a little bit. I don't. This could have been a good out for him. Yeah, something I find a little bit strange is Nate as a character exists only in the scenes we see him in. Like the world is built in such a way where you don't feel like Rupert and him ever talk outside of a conversation we are shown, mm-hmm. and then. He's never involved in the football team unless we... I don't know. There's just so many things that, like, these characters are meeting, and it's like they're meeting for the first time. Like, Disco Mm -hmm. and Roger brought up to this office. I know we've seen him kind of interact, but uh, it's like, why would he think this conversation would work? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But we get more Disco, Tom. You and I, I mean, we wrote our respective senators. I wrote John McCain. You wrote, I don't know who your senator is, whoever runs Kansas City. We got our Disco. John McCain came down from heaven and said, you may have Disco. And we discover what about Disco, Tom? Yeah, I was kind of bummed here, right? Like, we got the one introduction of Disco, and he seemed like a bit, like, kind of wacky, fun little coach that might have some quirks. But what does he do in this scene? He sits on the couch. He, like, frowns the whole time and then eventually says, oh, yeah, I was divorced three times. Never let uh, them know how you feel. It's very expensive. Like, again, it's like this would have been a fun idea to bring in another fun character with a funny line or I just I was kind of bummed they made him seem kind of like a jerk. Right. No, he is a jerk 
fourth time's the charm, though, Disco. Keep that in mind. Everyone says it when it comes to marriage. And the other piece is, I've given a lot of thought to that. Never let them know how you feel. It's very expensive line. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess Disco doesn't have a lot of tact. <laughs> Disco is the type that will uh, tell you what he's thinking, and that leads to a dissolution of marriage. Mm. Um, Disco Inferno, buddy. Very nice. Very nice. I'd love to know what his spousal maintenance bill is every week. I'm assuming assistant coaches on Premier League soccer teams get paid relatively well. I would imagine, yeah. I also would imagine, but they don't have the super rich power that I'm going to get. Not yet. Not yet. Ted and Rebecca, they are chatting, and she's like, don't you have a team to train? And everyone in the audience (laughs) is like, yeah, what happened to the soccer of it all? And then the show does a funny quick cut, and it's just Henry like playing keepy-uppy with the soccer ball, (laughs) and the whole team laughing. (laughs) Keepy-uppy. That's a Bluey (laughs) reference, baby. Well done. Thank you, sir. Ted, who does Ted want to hire, Tom? Ted wants to get a private investigator. Like, he goes super hot, super quick. And, I mean, again, I don't, I I just, I don't like this Ted angle that we're getting. Like, he's just so over the top with, I mean, not protectiveness. I don't know if he's trying to get back with Michelle. I don't know why he cares this much. Like, he can't move on from it, I guess. Uh, And it's going pretty, pretty far, far out in left field with a private investigator and asking Rebecca of all people to look into it for him. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand being like they were married a long time. I understand that hurting, but you know, to hire a gumshoe to drag down Carmen San Diego, I don't know. <laughs> we have a discussion about Oscar Wilde, which Tom, I think it's appropriate since the show uh, took an hour to give us a, I don't know, PSA on nude photos. I think it's appropriate for us to take about 30 minutes to discuss our favorite Oscar Wilde quotes uh, and just what he's meant to us as a uh, Irish poet who died penniless in, uh, I guess, Paris, based on his grave being there. So I'll let you go first. You tell me your top three Oscar Wilde quotes and I'll tell I mean, you the one that I vaguely remember. Yeah, I mean, I think one of my favorites is some cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. I've always liked that one. Yeah, or, no, that one's good. That's mm-hmm. certainly... Experience is simply the name we give our mistakes. I feel like that's yeah. that's another good one. No, that's uh, Patriotism good. is the virtue of the vicious. I feel like that's uh, oh, pretty good. Wow, yeah, that, makes, you, that makes sense for you. Since you hate America, no. Um, uh, my th- my favorite Oscar Wilde quote is uh, "Anything that's popular is wrong." Um, and then my other one is "Familia," but that may also be Vin Diesel from Fast and the Furious one through ten. I don't know. I get Oscar Wilde and Vin Diesel. <laughs> Very oh man, similar. why can I not remember Vin Diesel's character name? Uh, I get Oscar Dominic Wilde Toretto. and Dominic Toretto confused <laughs> sometimes. Man, I shouldn't have taken all that cough medicine. I don't even have a cough, Tom. All right. Rebecca, for some reason, agrees to help. She's like, all right, sure. And I think this is just her way of like 
getting him out of the office so that, mm-hmm. oh, we should mention this is Biscuits with the Boss, right? Which we haven't mm-hmm. seen in a while. Um, but I think she's just trying to get him out of the office, and I don't think she plans on at all hiring a private investigator. I feel um, like there was a handful of things I read on Twitter that talked about this specific conversation being like what, and I think maybe in the later conversation where Rebecca tells him to like, you know, don't focus on yesterday or whatever, but them kind of sounding like an old married couple, which I didn't get that vibe, no, but I don't know. Did, no. did you? Okay. No, no one talking about Oscar Wilde's death is an old married couple. It's two <laughs> dudes on a podcast trying to sound smart. Uh, anyways, um, the, the one, I mean, if you read into this, then I don't feel like the, the show really pointed this out is you're essentially seeing where Rebecca was in season one with her issues with Rupert and like mm-hmm. the obsessiveness there. Like she understands what Ted's going through, but right. I don't know. They feel different. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I don't think it does Ted justice uh, that he's, you know, he's so wrapped up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a better show if he like, I don't know, puts on a fake mustache and buys, buys a plane ticket and, and <laughs> shadows them through Paris. Yeah. Like, how great would that episode be? Ted trying to be, he's all in his AFC Richmond tracksuits, like trying to be inconspicuous as he follows Michelle and Dr. Jacob of the farm state around. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this not a lot of the stuff with Ted and not seemingly letting Michelle go is not seemingly very healthy. Like, Ted is like almost like obsessive on all of this stuff, clearly trying to hire a private investigator to follow the ex-wife. Like, he's not, this isn't healthy behavior. And I think Rebecca eventually sees that, but she's not necessarily helping him in this moment by saying, yeah, I agree, we should get a private investigator. Just it right. seemed out of character for Rebecca to agree to this. Yeah. I See, the only part I disagree on is the obsessiveness. They were married, and the good book says they should be <laughs> buried together in <laughs> graves next to each other. I'm not advocating murder. I'm just saying of old age you know, happily in mm. graves, as most people die happily in graves do. Married and buried, gotcha. Married and buried together. <laughs> We're at the law offices of KJPR, and Barb delivers a, I'm going to say a blank piece of paper based on how the show is going. Uh, <laughs> Keely's drinking from an empty cup, and it's an <laughs> apology statement that Jack had the lawyers rung up. And... Uh, I was like, okay, so this is where this episode's going to go. She reads it. It's like a very, I mean, I hope those lawyers are on retainer because the amount of imagination and uh, wit that went into this apology statement was, I'm going to say zero. (laughs) Um, I don't know. And she doesn't like it, clearly. It's just like, I'm ashamed. I'm apologizing, which... uh, they didn't really do Jack any favors here. Like, if that's what she... I mean, I know she later on tries to just say, oh, that was the lawyers, but it's its not helpful. That's for sure. Um, yeah, she never... Like, Jack never really comes out and says, like, don't say this. She, like, in that scene they have, which we'll I guess, oh, yeah. get to, she's, like, she's just kind of toying around it, and then at the very end we get that jarring, like, big old argument that they kind of go back and forth. But when I first saw this, like... And I don't know, I get again, I'm jumping ahead, but like, we'll get to the Keely and Rebecca situation. Rebecca says like, oh, yeah, that's just lawyer talk. Like, oh, just, you know, it'll be fine. Just talk to her. Like, again, to me, that's out of 
out of what we see and and the advice we normally get from Rebecca DeKeeley. Like she wouldn't just say this is lawyer talk. She would say, hey, listen, you need to talk to Jack about this. This is not something that you should say or be embarrassed about by any means. Just a lot of writing in this episode I felt was just very out of character. Sure, sure. And I think, I mean, my underlying thing with this is like Jack was in on this statement and she's playing it differently when she Mm -hmm. sees how like Keeley responds negative to it. But Jack wants her, you know, to give this exact... Uh, exact apology i also Mm -hmm. think maybe i'm misunderstanding what uh the law offices of kjpr do but aren't (laughs) they a pr firm and so handling public relations like a situation like this isn't this what they do are there pr firms for pr firms and to follow that thread a little bit farther PR firms for PR firms for PR firms for PR firms, Tom? Somebody? Oh, man, I almost did a Jim Carrey somebody stop me. But then I realized that was 30 years ago, and I am too old to be somebody stop me. Anyways, got there. I got there. It's, it's, it's PR inception. You, you had it right. We go from those... <laughs> PR, 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 PR firms to the locker room, which is where the team is now getting alerts on, I'm assuming, Facebook or MySpace that these photos have been leaked and they find out Keeley's part of the leak, which gives us a couple of cuts to both Jamie and Roy being concerned. Mm-hmm. And then... Tom, I mean, I think this is the scene that both you and I had probably, and maybe the audience in America in general, I don't know, <laughs> reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com, not to tell us uh, anything other than what we want to hear, which was, this was a weird scene. This was like a, once again, PSA on nude cell phone photos and sending them to the cloud, and I don't know, I I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. It's just, yeah, I mean, again, I I could care less what any of these locker room footballers have to say about this when, like, women are the ones that are exploited in this and have been historically exploited, and they have absolutely nothing to apologize for. Um, it's it's just, it's dumb. I, I, I hated every moment of this scene, and it went on way too long. This is, we talk about this show being an hour long. It has no need to be. We don't need all of these guys to talk about it. Like, the only thing this really is pushing to your point earlier is like the story of Jamie and Roy and how they both ultimately react to this. I could care less about what anybody else in this locker room cares about this. Yeah. No, it's strange. There's a lot of dis- once again, this is not <laughs> this is not a normal locker room full of men. This is yeah. not how they communicate. I understand these are characters in the show. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I was like, what am I? Honestly, they cut this scene out and they're going to show it in schools to to kids. And, you know, <laughs> maybe that's fine. Maybe like, like that's the use of it. But yeah. this is not what I need in my 60-minute, you know, last season of a great mm-hmm. show. Uh, anyways, the... I mean... The only thing that got to me and the only thing I read into all this uh, is I immediately went into my phone and I deleted all the pictures of my children because (laughs) I wasn't really paying attention. I just, Isaac kept shouting at people to delete all the photos in their phone. 
So, um, I mean, there goes the memories. I guess I'll just have to use my brain to remember what my kids looked like when they were younger. Um, they grow up so so fast, and I'll mm-hmm. never know because the pictures are all gone. Thanks, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Thanks, TV show. Yeah. That I'm forced to podcast about by Apple. <laughs> this leads to uh, another weird moment. Like, Cullen leaves the locker room because he is deleting photos or looking over photos. Isaac, who I don't think of, like, Isaac's not a jerk. Like, they make him out to be kind of the heavy, like the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, in hockey, they'd call him the goon. Like, he's the (laughs) guy that beats up other dudes. But uh, he's, like, he's the one that's like, hey, no one should be looking at these. Everyone delete their photos. Like, it's about, like, treating those women right. Like, he, he makes that speech, and then he goes and he takes Isaac's phone in order to delete his photos? I don't... Tom, you were on a soccer team. I was on a soccer team before cell phones. Um, <laughs> did the captain of the soccer team have the ability to uh, delete photos and use your cell phone at will? What, what's happening here that I missed? Yeah, I mean, I hate it. Like, I love Isaac's character. I love how he, like, seemingly never laughs at anything. He always plays everything deadpan. I think it's fun. But I, I hate, I hated this storyline. Like, I hate... We've got these beautiful moments with Colin and Trent and him like opening up and, and like expressing how difficult it is for him as a closeted gay man to like be a part of this team. And like all of this gets ripped away from Colin and Isaac finds out about it. Like I think it's just it's it's horrible. And it would have been so much more beautiful if like Colin would have been able to come out in his own terms and not seemingly now in future episodes be forced to now address this with the team. Again, I don't think Isaac is going to be mean or vindictive or anything of it, but even the way they shot this and made it seem like Isaac now is... Upset? I don't know, homophobic? Yeah, yeah, exactly, upset. And he just leaves as opposed to like then having a conversation with him. I just hate it the way they treated this. Right. Well, I don't know if you looked at the like cover photo for the next episode, but it's these two and like they look upset at one another. Like, mm. like Colin is looking to Isaac and Isaac like won't look at him. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm excited <laughs> for that episode. This will be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will step out of Julian's jail into fashion corner and just talk about Isaac's sweatsuit that he's wearing, which is just <laughs> off the rails in this scene. Uh, took my, took my eye off the ball, so to speak. It looked like, uh, a group of teenagers had paintballed him, and he had let that paint soak into his sweat suit, and he was wearing it around proudly. Mm-hmm. Um, the matching tops and bottoms is, is the great part. Yeah, outrageous, outrageous. There, folks, I went after Isaac. You're all welcome. <laughs> all right, so we have from there, from the best scene in the episode to the next scene in the episode, <laughs> we have that conversation that I think you brought up. It's Keely mm-hmm. and Rebecca talking. And, you know, they have a discussion here because one of the things you would say is, hey, in season one, there were Jamie had topless photos of Keely in his locker for all to see. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she and it's almost like the show... I don't know if it's the show covering its tracks. I don't know if the argument is like, I mean, the argument's legitimate. I just don't know where it's coming from. But mm-hmm. she brings up the point of, hey, 
I know that I'm topless on the internet, but there's a difference between like the photos I agreed to and the mm-hmm. photos that were stolen. And I, I understand that, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know this. I don't know. This felt like the show trying to, to change a little bit of history. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, in the way it's shot, in the way like Rebecca is like, you mean with the green screen windows in the back that (laughs) make it look like they're in no place the show has ever been before? Go on, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, there wasn't any soccer balls hitting the uh, glass and breaking it. Hannah Waddingham is such a great actress. The way they deliver it, the way they play this scene, they make it seem like she's giving such great advice. But again, I don't think this is how Rebecca would react to this and say this is all legal talk. Like she's giving Jack the benefit of the doubt. And maybe it maybe it is because she's trying to be nice to Keeley and sees that the Keeley and Jack relationship as of, I guess, the current moment is still going well and she doesn't want to spoil it. But I feel like if Rebecca really saw this as a statement that was given from Jack, she would have warned her a little bit more right. and said, like, you need to talk to her about this. This is not normal. Like, and, right. and this is why, again, I think this is a story from 10, 15 years ago, whatever, where women were meant to feel shamed for this happening when this has nothing to do and they have nothing to be ashamed about. It's the horrible, terrible people that steal and pirate all this stuff and then leak it out for their own purposes. Like those are the people that need to be apologizing, not any of these women. Right. Right. Yes. I, I th- Tom, I think it's fair. We are on record. We are pro <laughs> these types of, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if that joke will work either. I couldn't. No. Anyways, Jimmy will fix it in post. Um, so her, two things I want to I want to comment on. I want to touch two things that you said, if I have your permission. The Again. like I think as an audience we can see where where this is going with Jack. Like we can mm-hmm. see it going bad, and so the show is almost like, hey, if we throw Rebecca in Jack's corner and we give her a vote of confidence, because Rebecca has this line where she says. I think you should give Jack the benefit of doubt and she's going to surprise you with like how great she is in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so as an audience member, we're already seeing where like Jack is going with this. And so when Rebecca says it, you're like, uh, okay, maybe the show is going to show us. And they do kind of do it in the next, before we get to that last scene, they do try and make Jack seem like she's handling this well. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I think with the show doing that, they take us out of what you would say Rebecca's normal response would be or how the character's been written like mm-hmm. previously. So I, yeah. I I agree with you. I agree with you there 100%. And I don't remember what the second thing was that I wanted to touch on, <laughs> so I'll just touch that one thing. Okay. Uh, this leads to Keely in the parking lot going to her sweet ride, Uh, Roy stops her. He's like very apologetic. He's like asking about her. And then he makes the mistake of asking who the video was for, which Mm. I was like, "Uh, okay, I don't know. Would Roy do that? Once again, with the character that we know is Roy, who's like been super supportive and super like kind of uh, supportive of women, would he do that? I don't know. I, I, I mean... My gut is no, but this is what the show did for us. They chalk this up as kind of like a slip from Roy, because as soon as he does it, he knows he's done something wrong, and then he's, Mm -hmm. you know, saying fudge over and over again. Yeah. 
I mean, again, this was, to me, one of the dumbest moments of the episode. Like, this is not Roy. This is not how he would react. This is the show forcing this moment to push Keely away from Roy and push Keely towards Jamie with Jamie's kind of apology and stuff at the end. Which, again, it's, it's fine if you if your arc was changing Jamie to the arrogant footballer and you know selfish guy that he was in season one to a more loving and caring and like respectful person in season three and then him getting back with Keely. I think that's fine. That's a great storyline. But to write such a silly line to what I'm assuming they're doing is trying to push Roy away from Keely and that relationship they established in season two, I thought this was just so silly and so out of left field and so not Roy from what we've seen throughout the whole entire series. I was th- This scene completely took me out of the episode if I was in it at all. Sure, sure. I think what the show's doing is letting us know that people don't grow or change. And so by the end of this show, everyone will be exactly where they were relationship-wise and personally. And we'll all realize this was a horrible lie just to make us buy iPhones and subscribe to Apple Plus. And Mm -hmm. by subscribing to Apple Plus, I mean getting your Gam Gam to buy it. Um, and then stealing her password and her <laughs> Werther's uh, hard candies while she was sleeping. Um, but justifying it by putting the cigarette out that she fell asleep with in her hand so that that makes you feel less guilty. This is not something that actually happened. This is clearly something I'm coming up with on the fly. I'm going to do you a favor and not dive into that one. Thank you, sir. Gam Gam's alive and well Her finger is a little burnt But, once again, not all burnt So, let's go from there To a quick scene where Jack and Keely seem cool And we're like, awesome We know this is gonna work out Thanks, show And then we're at Ted and Henry And Ted is reading And I didn't recognize the book But you know, unless it's written by Oscar Wilde, I probably haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts to probe about Dr. Jacob of Farm State, and <laughs> uh, you can see, like, he doesn't feel good about it. Like, he clearly doesn't want to affect the relationship that might develop between stepdad and Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand what they were doing here. Like, you know, in this episode, Ted is vulnerable and he's making some decisions based out of this panic that he feels i guess the divorce to him was not the final point it's if michelle finds someone else that's where it like really ends for ted Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it was uh but he eventually recognizes hey this is not something i should put on henry and he Mm -hmm. he moves on well does he though i feel like henry just passes out after he asks like a pointed question about you know, do you like Jake? Or are you guys getting along? And he kind of almost gets saved by the fact that uh, Henry passes out and falls asleep. Right. But I mean, I think I read somewhere that they cut the scene where Ted is holding the pillow over Henry's <laughs> face. And he's like, tell me, what does, when does he leave? Does he come back in the morning? Did and you then, order the code red? Did you order the code red? And then Henry <laughs> sleeps into that sweet, sweet, my parent put a pillow over my face. Uh, sleep. I took a turn. We call that Julian sleep, where I'm from. <laughs> um, ooh, anyways, 
<laughs> we go back to Jack and Keely. I think this is where Keely comes back and she's got a fancy hat and she's like, hey, shopping solves all things, mm-hmm. which I think is another thing the show is trying to teach us. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jack's like, all right, let's go kill a day together and do crazy fun stuff. I can be wild. And <laughs> it's like, awesome. All right. Can't wait to get back to this storyline. And then the show mercifully uh, ends our uh, Jack and Keely time and takes us <laughs> to a wonderful moment where we have Henry, Coach Beard, and Ted at breakfast. And Beard <laughs> is wearing a what, Tom? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. He's wearing the apron. He's wearing that sweet apron as he's making breakfast. What did no, I say? I did I... I say Ted? I meant Beard. Did no, I mess I it up think... or did you mess it up? Who messed no. it up? Who ordered the code red, Tom? <laughs> Which of us is to blame in this moment? I've got it's uh, jokes on you. We're being recorded right now, so you tell me what happened. Who did this Listen, wrong? We could we could pull back the tape, but if I'm editing, I will not pull back the tape. I I don't remember. I I'm admittedly only watched this episode once, so I don't recall this specific scene and, and beard and or Ted and or Henry wearing an apron. Okay. They could all, all be wearing aprons for a while. All three of them are wearing aprons, <laughs> both front and back aprons, which is a real choice, but it shows their distrust of one another as chefs because they're afraid someone's going to stab them in the back. <laughs> I assume aprons stop knife blows, but I might be wrong. Hmm. They are discussing about what Henry wants to do. They all have the day off. Anyways, I just like Beard as like the crazy uncle, like his yeah, role right. in that. He does once again like the shining light of this is Beard has some great stuff that he does in this and so once again, don't throw this episode out with the baby or hmm. wait, the bathwater. I don't know what that saying is. It never made any sense to me, but it's fun to see them go through this stuff because Beard is laying heavily into, hey, do you want to go do the Jack the Ripper tour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get chased. We get to see where people were murdered. And uh, Ted's like, clearly you have not raised a child before because that sounds terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's this, this fun banter with Ted and uh, Beard, Beard and the son. Yeah. It's just it's just fun. Like, it's the kind of stuff that I'm here for and, and much, much more enjoy. I do appreciate the fact that uh, Henry eventually lands on going to a game and then Beard looks it up and finds out it's a West Ham game, which I think the audience finds out in the next scene. But I like Beard saying like, okay, I got to go home and change first. And the fact that he changes into like his normal Richmond garb when he's on the sideline, I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. Now, I've got to think Henry knew it was a West Ham game, right? Like Henry's a smart kid. He did the thing with Ted where he's like, hey, why isn't Nate's figure next to you? Like, I think Mm. Henry recognizes the reconciliation that needs to happen between Nate and Ted for, like, closure and that it's good for them. Am I giving this, I don't know, is he four? This four-year-old too much credit? (laughs) I think you are. I think that's poetic, but I I think this kid is too young to know or understand that that idea or realize that there's that much animosity between Nate and Ted at this point. But, I mean, certainly the show does. Okay, can I touch on something uh, for a second? He He's in a West Ham jersey. Henry is. Not at this moment. No, at the not game, at though. At the game. No, at the game. In, yeah. He's in so a West Ham jersey. So they go to the jersey. game. And like, because he's his. You yeah, think Henry. they're you think they're paying stadium jersey prices <laughs> as the coaches of AFC Richmond? You think they went into the sports shop at the stadium? Went, <laughs> hey, what size are you? 
I know you're going to grow out of this in a year. Yes, I'd like to pay 300 pounds or euros. I'm never quite sure. Gold (laughs) nuggets for that West Ham jersey. And the person at the shop's like, no one ever buys anything here. If you leave the stadium, it's 50% cheaper at the shop down the door. And they're like, no, this boy, Henri, needs a West Ham jersey, even though, once again, he's going to hit a growth spurt next week, and this is going to be just a rag that we dry the car with when we wash it. You think that's what happens, Tom? That's what I'm hearing from you. All of those details I heard from you when you made that statement. 100%. Ted Lasso is the guy that buys his kid a Christmas uh, drone as a guilt gift. He is 100% buying Henry a West Ham guilt gift. Because, again, Henry doesn't know better. Henry just he, he loves Nate. He supports Nate. And, you know, and, again, I appreciate that Ted, like, ultimately doesn't care and when they yell at him on the sidelines they give a wave ted just kind of gives a little like caught a shoulder shrug and it is it's a beautiful little moment and, and nate even i don't know he's kind of taken aback at first but ultimately loved it loved the idea that they were there and i think west ham ultimately wins so it didn't hex nate it didn't mean anything uh it was it was an, it was a fun little moment right yeah i wish nate had given him a little bit more but like the um, finger what like the finger yeah, no, 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 like a, like a howdy do, like a big wave, maybe a salute, maybe a little where they jump and click their heels together. Um, we did get some more of our guy Disco in this scene too, though, mm. and it solidified that he's a bad guy. Mm. Anyways, we're at mini golf. Tom... You love mini golf, don't you? If you could oh. play mini golf professionally, that's what you would choose. So great. If I'm on vacation, I'm going to try to find a mini golf place. It's it's lovely. Yeah, mini golf's a good time. I'm terrible at it. Uh, I always hook it, I think is what they say, <laughs> when I use my driver off the tee, and then I get escorted out of the, the Cracker Jacks facility. Um, Jack runs into an old friend who's at some sort of bachelorette party, uh, introduces Keeley, doesn't use the label girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be ashamed of this woman in her um, pretty woman dress and large Kentucky Derby hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is leading to all of this is building towards the final scene. But you can tell that uh, Keeley's not real happy, but then she brushes it off when I think Jack offers her money. Uh, <laughs> To play yeah, they more start, holes of golf, I think. Yeah, they start like saying they're going to bet on the next couple holes, and Keeley just kind of like laughs it off like it's not a big thing. But you can see it's a it's a big thing to Keeley, and it's starting to raise some red flags for her. But you know they're kind of paralleling these stories of labels with Nate and Jade, right. and how they're not labeling that, and now Jack is you know declining to label this relationship. And I'm wondering if these leaked videos didn't come out would jack have then labeled this and said this is my girlfriend like because she ultimately at the end seems ashamed because of keely's leaked videos and not because of whatever else i don't i don't know i i didn't like this scene it's again it seemed crazy forced with her running into a friend who's having a bachelorette party at a mini golf like i mean i don't know it just seemed forced Tom, I've got news for you. I've never <laughs> not run into an old friend while playing mini golf. It's okay. impossible uh, to swing a cat on a mini golf course without hitting an old friend. 
Um, That's why you're not good at mini golf. You're using cats. <laughs> yeah. Well, the and the cats are alive, which makes it uh, real difficult. Um, my question to you, Tom, as an avid mini golfer, what's your favorite mm-hmm. game? Is it like best ball, skins, McGillicuddy, Lionel Coogan's, <laughs> Nike? What what version of mini golf are you typically typically playing? One and done, pick it up, put it down. What what version? What do you what do you typically this is, doing? This is great. I mean, you, you had a lot of terms there. I mean, I'm I'm just a classic skins guy. I think for for mini golf, and then sure. you have to play whoever gets the most hole in ones is the ultimate winner. Okay, okay, yeah, I do skins. That's why the cats don't like it. Oh God! All right. <laughs> uh, we're at West Ham. Uh, we have this quick scene where Nate is getting a text from Rupert, and it's like, hey, I'm sorry about Ted being at the game. That'll never happen again. He starts to write, hey, not a big deal. I thought it was funny. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be a bad guy because it's Rupert. Delete, delete, delete. Control, alt, delete. Yeah, let's make sure it won't happen again. Sent. And I'm like, uh, okay. I, like, are we still doing this? Like, right. I, I guess mm-hmm. maybe Nate has to play to Rupert in a certain way, but like, the show's giving enough of the Nate we remember and liked, or at least that mm-hmm. you liked and I kind of endured. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Why are we doing this? Is this is this just like, is Nate bad because of the peer pressure from Rupert? Is that what the show is trying to tell us? Because after a little while, guess what? It's just Nate. Like, you can't blame yeah. it all on Rupert. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This was. I agree. Like it's we've talked about before. Like Nate is around Rupert. Like Rupert rubs off on Nate, and he's bad. But like this is an instance where Rupert's not there. It's just a text message. Rupert, like Nate didn't have to respond. Maybe his initial one where he's like happy go lucky. It was no. It was no problem. I actually thought it was funny. Like he could have changed it to something more generic. But instead, he goes like full bore or full bore Rupert and said like yeah, don't ever let this happen again. It was just too much and. There's five episodes left in the season. Like, let's let's turn this arc around that we know you're clearly setting up. Right. Uh, it's 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 silly. It just I didn't I didn't didn't like it. Man, I can't wait for the finale when they just shatter all of the niceness <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, guess what? Everyone's hooked on heroin and <laughs> they murdered some dudes. So, thanks for thinking Lassa was a positive show, dummies. <laughs> Uh, the world's bleak and you're all gonna die soon and it's hey but we'll get we'll get what we really want the season four murder mystery with higgins detective higgins where uh (laughs) the lady from the after party comes in and tries to solve it everyone's sherlock higgins and uh john i was gonna say holmes but it's will holmes i guess Yeah. yeah 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 i'm with you should have gone on that jack the ripper tour All right, we're outside the pub. We have got a gentleman playing music, and Mm -hmm. those gentlemen, which we learned from season one, are called something very specific, Tom. They're called buskers, which I thought was fun. I like the idea of bringing these guys back because they were uh, featured prominently in kind of that Christmas episode where they're kind of singing a song, and uh, Rebecca and Ted are listening, and Rebecca gives them the big tip. Uh, I like the idea of these buskers just kind of hanging out and singing jams right outside the pub. Yeah, but this isn't the same guy that he brings in for the charity dinner, right? This is a no, different new guy. Different, new busker. Right? Okay, yep. new busker. Busker Bluth, they call him. <laughs> Old Buster Bluth. You know, you can't do that on the balcony, buddy. Mom says it's too windy. Old Buster Bluth. All right. 
Hey, I Jude. really hope there is a like segment of our audience that also are big fans of uh, Arrested. Otherwise, some of these jokes are falling on deaf ears. Tom, I cannot say it enough or too strongly. I do not care. <laughs> Arrested <laughs> development is for me and me only. If other people missed out on it, shame on them. <sighs> That's As Rebecca would say, shame. 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 Right. <laughs> oh, great. Now we got to bring the Game of Thrones audience in. Perfect. <laughs> The perfect lasso is the perfect intersection of Game of Thrones and Arrested Development. Oh, man. Anyways. All right. Hey Jude is playing. Hey Jude, I think is a Rolling Stones song. I don't know. Unless it was Christian music. I didn't know it when I was a kid. So who knows? Rebecca is like, hey, Ted, let's talk. This is a nice like cut scene where it's Ted and Rebecca on the phone, but then we're getting Beard and Henry talking and... Um, we'll hit Rebecca and Ted first, which is mm-hmm. she finally gives him the, the advice of like, hey, no private ex- investigator, like let this go. She's your ex. What should you care? Like focus on your son. You're there with mm-hmm. him. You should not be obsessing about this. Like don't let her live rent free in your house. Wait, <laughs> no, in your head. Crap. Cut yeah. that, Jimmy, and fix it. You will got it. You got it. Thanks, Jimbo. Anyways, and then she has that line, I'll let you deliver it, and your best Rebecca uh, voice, please. Stop letting yesterday get in the way of today. I'm sorry, did Wallace of Wallace and Gromit just join us? <laughs> Wallace, big fan, man. Thanks. Oh, you brought, you brought Gromit. Oh, wonderful. Gromit doesn't talk, though. Incredible work, Tom. It's great to have Rebecca Welton with us today. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, get ready because I'm gonna make you sing "Hey Jude" here soon in Rebecca's voice. So, oh no! I oh, hope no. you're all about it. But no, that I think the nicer cut of this—it's great advice from Rebecca. It's good to see her back in form, uh, where right. she wasn't for Keeley, but she yeah. is for Ted. But we have a great moment where, like, Beard, being a stand-in uncle for mm-hmm. Henry, is like, "Hey, do you know what the song's about?" Um, and I'll let you talk through this time. You have a long, we've talked about it before. You have like a, a long, deep history for the Beatles. So I feel it only appropriate to turn the Hey Jude conversation over to you. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful conversation. And you see Beard seeing the struggle on Henry's when he sees, like Henry's looking longingly at Ted, who's on the bench across the street, not paying attention to Ted. And Henry doesn't get to see his father very often. So to see his father just go away and do something else is, was difficult. And I love the way that Beard steps in here. But yeah, Hey Jude, is a, it's a beautiful song. And general idea is that he's kind of singing a song to his friend Jude, who's a, a boy that's going, his parents are going through a divorce, which fits very well within the series and what they're trying to do here um but i i I love the way that beard kind of stepped in and almost kind of filled the gap and and gave ted like almost bought ted time to be able to kind of come back and and then join and and kind of like i don't know fix this little wrong that he had and then ultimately sing the song together with everybody and i think it is important like if ted and michelle say to henry hey we're going through this but we love you I think there is some power in someone who is outside of like the parental relationship being like, hey, I want you to know you have two parents that love you. Like when you're not here, your dad is thinking about you. Like I think that is important for a child or like anyone. Like it's like when someone compliments your kid and they don't have to or someone compliments Mm -hmm. your, you know, spouse or, you know, a family member when they don't have to. It goes a long way because 
I don't know, as someone who is terrible with compliments and taking them or giving them, the importance of someone who is like, there's nothing owed to them or they have mm-hmm. nothing to gain by saying it. Like to hear that to me is a compliment that is worthwhile, but we are going way too far into Julian therapy quarter. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to back that one up a little bit. I do want to hey, say this. But wait, wait real quick. Go ahead. Uh, Julian, your, your dog bandit is an amazing dog and very well behaved. That's fine. He's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> bandits. Yeah. He's untrainable. And, <laughs> Uh, he is a crazy dog. I love him, Tom, but I don't accept that compliment. Anyways, uh, on the half of my dog, I do not accept that compliment. Um, he wouldn't agree to it either. To all the children he's wounded uh, that have come over, uh, I do not accept that compliment. Anyways, I want to say this before we go too far. Tom got the Beatles quarter because uh, we've probably talked about it before, but Tom's dad... I'm I'm sure Tom's okay with me sharing this. Tom's dad was in a Beatles cover band and like mm-hmm. Tom grew up on the Beatles. So what's fun about Tom is when we were younger, getting in his car was always somehow turned to the oldie station and Tom <laughs> knew all the words to the songs. And it was like, how do you know these? And Tom would be like, I don't know. I just know them. And so uh, that's a little bit about my boy, Tom, who I love to death. But It just uh, seeped into the brain somehow. Like, I feel yeah. like, of course, all the be- big Beatles hits I know. But then, like, Deep Cuts would come on and I would know every lyric. I'm like, how do I know this? Yes. I'm just singing them. It's yeah, like, uh, yeah. I'm some kind of messiah, some sort of Beatles <laughs> messiah. I have too much power. Unfortunately, he hasn't monetized it yet to become no. super rich power. But, you know. Anyways, and I've always heard, is this apocryphal, Tom? Maybe you know this. I mean, the song is for Julian Lennon, right? But Hey Julian is not all that easy to sing, so he changed it to Hey Jude. Is that, have you ever heard that before? Yeah, too many, too many syllables. Yeah. You can't do that it's a fun terrible thing name. at the end. It's no, 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 yeah, Julian is just, just a terrible, yeah. terrible well, We should outlaw it. Unless popes. <laughs> popes can be Julian, but no one else. Lennons and popes, those are the only people that can be Julians. <laughs> All right, so, oh man, we've given this episode more than it gave us, I'll be honest. Uh, uh, That's probably a terribly arrogant thing to say, but that's how I feel in this moment, Tom. All right, Keely and Jack. Jack gets a new statement. She's like, hey, the lawyers stayed up all night. Uh, They said, the phrase now is, I double apologize. Mm-hmm. Keely is not on board. They fight, and you could you could see it through the thread of the episode. But this is really like Jack blaming Keely. Yeah, she's like she turns heel and like just shames Keely for like what she did. Like, oh, you never should have took those in the first place. Like, this is not Keely's fault. It's just it's so dumb. And like how quickly this this turns, and like the way she leaves and says, "I'm not coming back." It's just it was just way too much and like and, and speaking frankly i'm glad they're moving away from the storyline because i didn't like it anyways i thought it was always a, we talked about it, it's a means to an end to either have keely work back with roy or jamie it seems like um but i also hated the idea that all of this love bomb conversation like it meant nothing like all these presents and everything else i guess that was all just a red herring to think that's what was going to break up the relationship but no it's everything that just happened in this one episode so we were just bound with a completely new storyline that ultimately ended their relationship yeah yeah i thought they were gonna go the distance tom i thought (laughs) 
I, I thought I saw a lot of good in that relationship. A lot of mm. silk pajama shorts and <laughs> weird white blazers for mini golf. Um, <laughs> like they were a king of comedy. I guess it was all for naught, right? Mm, yeah. We're back with Nate and Jade. They have a lovely moment where she decides she will be his girlfriend, which, once again, that feels like a demotion because they got married because they are <laughs> sharing a bet. So mm-hmm. I don't understand. I do think it's funny that she points out, like, hey, didn't you win today? Why don't you look happy? She's like, you mm-hmm. should enjoy your victories, which I think is... Uh, important, but then we see Nate smile. When, when do we see Nate smile, Tom? What brings on a Nathaniel <laughs> Shelley smile? Yeah, I mean he's looking at a at what the picture of Ted Henry and and beard kind of on the sideline, which seems odd that this is a big news article that gets featured that another coach happens to go to another coach's game. Um, but but again, I, I like the moment. I like what they're doing with with Nate and trying to bring him back in the fold. So yeah, it's it's great. We'll leave it at that. I don't know. If Bill Belichick was holding up Steve Belichick in the stands uh, at a (laughs) Philadelphia game, I think that would probably make the papers in Worcester or uh, Boston. Um, You're welcome for all of those. Nailed it. Accent work is on point. The uh, cough syrup is starting to hit a little harder. So I've got some thoughts. We're with Keeley. Jamie shows up to check in. Very nice of him. Hey, can I ask before yeah, you get ahead. too far into this? You can ask did whatever you... you want. It's your podcast. <laughs> it's your podcast that you're a guest on because it's my podcast. It's our did podcast. You see, did you see? We're this both coming? guests on our podcast, Tom. <laughs> okay. Did you see this coming? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's like I saw this coming from a mile away. The idea of Jamie coming to. Again, I I don't want to say to her rescue, but like JB coming to see how she's doing and apologizing. Like they kind of filmed it like where his back was to the door when she answers like, oh, who's it going to be? But of course it's JB. Yeah, no, I think they shot the back is of Roy, but then they do some trickery and they swap Mm -hmm. him out with Phil, Phil Dumphy of Modern Family. (laughs) Um, No, I saw this because I mean, the way he reacts in the locker room when they find out it's Keely Mm -hmm. and they're the way he protectively holds his fanny pack that he has strapped across his chest i assumed this was going to happen also tom i figured out the prestige if you don't think i (laughs) knew this was coming come on give me some credit man the prestige uh they were dead the whole time anyways spoilers sorry you're welcome go watch christopher nolan's uh interstellar guess what they're dead the whole time in that one too memento dead the whole time I can't stop. I love Christopher <laughs> Nolan. They're all dead. Tenet, dead. <laughs> the Dark Knight, dead. The Dark Knight Rises, dead. The Dark Knight Returns, dead. Batman Forever, dead. Joel Schumacher, dead. Joel. <laughs> oh, man. You need to stop laughing because I'll stop. You're referencing an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist for all of Christopher Nolan's movies. <laughs> I don't know who M. Night Shyamalan is. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the, best bit in this, the best bit in this is him blaming his email <laughs> and her being like, oh, no, your password was password. Ugh. And I don't believe this part. He goes, I thought I'd fool him because I used two S's. 
Listen, the word guy, we learned he's a wordsmith. He knows the definitions (laughs) of things. We don't think password was on his word of the day calendar. He knows how to Mm -hmm. spell it. I don't know. This show was all over the place. Uh, Much like a Christopher Nolan movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean... Dunkirk. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm out. I think I'm... Don't give me time to think of any more. Let's finish. Finish them. Finish them. Karate Kid. Uh, Stop. Stop. Make it stop. Okay. 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 Here we go. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, this was... I can't stop. Okay. This, this part was a, a, an odd, I guess, revelation. Like, the idea that these pictures or, or videos that Keely was sending were for Jamie, I think was fine and it, it makes sense. And they had a relationship and that was a very sexual relationship like he experienced in season one. But the idea that these had to leak or these came out because of Jamie's ignorance, I thought was kind of like almost too much. Sure. I, I don't, I didn't like that. It was seemingly Jamie's fault that these kind of came out. It, it didn't seem necessary for the story outside of, him, I guess, apologizing again that it was him that pushed this out. I, I didn't, I didn't really care for that bit. And I'm with you about the two S's and password. While comical and funny, it's not what they've kind of shown us that you know he's a much smarter person nowadays. So right, right. And I actually didn't even think about the blame. Like, oh, well, that is Jamie's fault because she deflects early, where she's like, no, 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 no. this is not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to your point, the show is kind of being like, oh, this guy's an idiot, and that's why this stuff leaked. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't think about it until this moment. But Well, and again, I think it's just the dumb stub- dumb double standard of like these pictures being leaked, and like, I would imagine there's probably nude pictures of Jamie probably in the phone as well that probably got leaked, and there's make, they make absolutely no mention of it. And I would argue like a famous football player getting leaked images and nudes or whatever else being sent out would probably be a big story but the show cares nothing to to touch on that yeah i'll do some research once we get off here i'll see if uh, i'll see if uh jamie tart's got any out there for for the podcast that we're about to end i'll do the research (laughs) let's finish this off we've got a scene here where michelle and dr jacob of farm state come back and her ring finger is empty. I did play the game where I tried to see her hand the whole time, and the show very <laughs> cleverly hit it until the moment they wanted to reveal it, and we mm-hmm. discover that she has a flesh-covered engagement ring. So um, I I did think this was interesting. They have Henry ignore Jake as he gets in the car. Jake tries to like give him the old, the old pound, and mm-hmm. Henry ignores him. And then he almost like leans into Michelle and like there's not a lot of intimacy there in terms of no kiss. They certainly don't make love on the sidewalk before getting into (laughs) the cab. So I think you probably felt the same way I did because then Michelle looks back. She does the old look back over the shoulder Mm -hmm. and, and Ted's in the window. And so you're wondering, okay, maybe that dissolution of marriage will be solutioned into a marriage (laughs) yeah i mean they make jake from state farm like a doofus before these scenes even hit where he's like trying to take pictures of the phone booth for some reason and fixing the camera because the old people are holding it in landscape as opposed to portrait like it was a bit weird and kind of out of place 
I like I feel like Ted's look back at the end too, where he's so he looks out, he sees that okay, maybe the relationship isn't perfect like he has in his head. But when he kind of like goes back into his flat and then it kind of cuts to black, he almost kind of gives this look like I don't know if it's is it closure? Does he is he like happy this is happening? Is it that like he's now able to kind of turn away and this gives him some sort of sense of calm? Like I, I don't know where they're going, but I, I'm with you about the whole Ted Becca thing. I feel like the show is pushing more of the rekindling of this relationship because I don't think Ted is still going to be in London at the end of the season and the end of the series. I think he's going to go back. And if he's going to go back, they're trying to set up some sort of rekindling of the Michelle marriage and relationship. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that's ultimately a reconciliation there is... I gotta be honest, I hate Michelle, but I'm kind of rooting for that for Henry's sake. If that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a terrible thing to say, but that's kind of, that's what I I mean. I'd take that over him and Rebecca ending up together. That doesn't. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like, why would Rebecca leave England? Like, we know Ted needs to go back and, and live with Henry, right? Like, he needs to be a father figure for him, and there's no reason why Rebecca would leave, I guess. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, maybe Rebecca adopts Henry, and then she raises him in Kansas City, and the next three seasons of this show are a British lady in Kansas City trying to run, (laughs) I don't know, a farm? I don't know what the equivalent of a a premier soccer team in Kansas is. Um, I'd watch that. Most certainly. If Hannah Waddingham is signed on, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Anyways, let's move on from the dissatisfaction we felt from this episode although there were some gleaming lights and some fun moments i'm interested what do we have left we've got four episodes left that was eight we've got what nine ten eleven twelve four episodes left yeah okay that seems like the number that i said a minute ago <laughs> I when we were discussing fingers. it but i'm glad we got there <laughs> I don't have any big predictions. I don't feel like this episode, other than getting rid of Jack, which we knew was going to happen, did this... um, Like, I didn't have a fear that Jake and Michelle were going to get engaged until this Mm -hmm. episode brought the fear and then took the fear away. So, you know, I don't... I don't know. This whole episode was just a relationship push. Like, they just pushed all these relationships that a lot of them we didn't necessarily care as much about. They just pushed them forward and and changed some of the dynamic a little bit. But it didn't move our overall storyline in terms of what Richmond is doing. I guess they won a couple games in the very beginning little exposition dump kind of bit. But, yeah, I mean, I I just want to get more back to, like, the soccer and the team and the dynamic that they're going through. But... I mean, based on what they set up here, I'm sure we're going to get more cliffhangers with Isaac and Colin and some of the fallout, I guess, with Keely, Jamie, and Roy. So we'll see, man. Like, again, I still love this show. Like, I love the love the parts when it's good, but I think this show is just being a victim of its own success. And I think even Brendan Hunt said at one point, like, when asked about the hour-long format and why they're doing more, he was like, well, you know, Apple seemed to not really care, so we just kept doing it. But I think this is just too much of the writer's trying to do too much and the like we like probably liked season one so much is because it was a much tighter fun comedy as opposed to this heavy-handed drama that throws these plot lines just seemingly out of nowhere for sure you know whatever reason yeah and i'll never understand in a show that has such a great like original cast and like team why we bring 
other people into it and like they make us like keely and jack like i don't understand i don't know it feels like we spent a lot of time on that and we ultimately knew where that was going to end Mm -hmm. and then just to like the show at its core was not a soccer show but the sports mattered like the Mm -hmm. team mattered and then this one was about nude photos being leaked (laughs) and like who's to blame which i don't know we just i I felt like we i need someone behind the wheel that can steer this back to what it was is what i'm looking for and that person is lionel coogan's when you're sitting out there on a warm summer day and you need something refreshing to drink or you want a show that's gone a little bit off the rails to come back to the rails on a hot summer day, Lionel Coogan's Summer Shandy, the most refreshing beer this side of the Mediterranean. Um, I'm bad at geography. All right, Tom, uh, hit them up. People that are still listening to us, uh, Mm. we appreciate you. Those of you that engage, those of you that send us emails, we enjoy it. Good to hear from Barrett and not good to hear from Bry Guy. Um, (laughs) But for those of you that have questions, concerns, uh, or comments that Tom will likely read and then pass on to me, maybe, (laughs) if they're good, uh, you can email us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. I think you can subscribe on Spotify. You can do all of those things. They're helpful. Um, give to charity. And now Tom's going to tell you about social media and why it's good for you. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast. Uh, again, we appreciate all the folks that are playing along with us and again we want to know what people are thinking of this we certainly have our opinions but you know there's it seems like this is a a more divisive season um in terms of what they're kind of doing with some of these storylines so we're interested to see like in our audience what what you guys have been thinking of this show so far especially this episode i i think but um right if we yeah if i could hop in tom if we miss something like if there's something here that tom and i both like just missed and this episode was important in some way maybe not important is the wrong word but maybe we Mm -hmm. just like missed the boat on this uh i think we're both open to hearing uh, another opinion but we're also open to hearing hey you guys were right you know that (laughs) we're not gonna ever turn down that that piece of mail you know Mm -hmm. Uh, unless it doesn't have postage then unfortunately federal law requires us to turn it away Mm -hmm. fact all right well with that i've been julian And I have been Tom and Tenet. They were dead the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. I love it.